Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast, We Can't Be the Only Ones. I am Gail. And I am B. Oh, sorry, she. I'm sorry. Oh, I wasn't done. I was done. Go ahead. Okay, wonderful. Um, and <laughs> I am B. And welcome back. Or, yes, welcome back. I want to first and foremost say, that our little leave of absence i will take accountability and say um gail had everything to do with this what i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding that's not how accountability works that's a lesson in how accountability doesn't work but yes it was more so me i had some personal things going on that i needed to take care of and um Y'all should know that I don't pour from an empty cup. So right now my cup is about three quarters filled. So I got some to spare. Very good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, that you have some to spare. Just a little bit. Don't get too excited, y'all. Mm-hmm. I keep pouring. That's why I took off. Actually, in case my boss is listening, I did not take off. I was definitely ill. <laughs> <laughs> He took off to rest. Because I was deathly ill. Very girl, <laughs> You don't need to be deathly ill. You can just take off to take off because you feel like it. Mm, okay. Well, what is our moment of gratitude? <laughs> oh, do you want me to start? Go right ahead. Are you ready? Yeah, I think okay. I'm um, ready. I want to say that I am grateful to be at the station I am in my life. Like, I really don't have much to complain about on a day-to-day. And when I do find myself complaining, they're very, like, first-world issues, like somebody took my parking spot or I don't really like what's for lunch today. And in the scheme of those, those are nothing compared to... um, what other people may be going through at this time. So I am absolutely completely grateful um, for the life that I am currently living right now. Um, I have good people around me. I have a good job. I, you know, live in a lovely neighborhood. I have great friends and I have love in my life. And that's pretty fulfilling. So I'm grateful for the life that I am currently living. That's good. That's very good. Oh, thank you. And I, I hope you can continue the rest of your life like that. I hope so. Let's keep chugging along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day at a time. Yep. And I would say that I'm just grateful for 
kindnesses that are shown to me by others. Even and the unexpected of kindnesses, just, just I don't think people under, I think people underestimate the it's the little things in life that you do. Mm-hmm. It's not you know sure you could send somebody twenty dozen roses and ooh what a wonderful thing and all of that, but sometimes it's just like the little the little things in life, the unexpected things, the little kindnesses. And I have just been so fortunate of late. I guess maybe I paid more attention. I don't know. But just little things that people have done. You know, maybe the young fellow that works at, works with me. Just little kindnesses, little thoughtfulness. My neighbor, little kindnesses. You know, just, hey, how you doing? You know, are you doing well? Is everything okay? And they don't have to ask for all that and wait for the answer. There you go. And it's just, it's just nice. It's not like on your social media where you get a billion likes, like, like, like anybody can hit that like button mm-hmm. and nine times out of 10 it's out of habit that they hit it. And I just think it's nice when people go out their way. So I'm so grateful for the times that people have done that. And it makes me even more on par to do such things for others just just out the blue you know hey those are nice shoes you're wearing oh you know what i like your nail polish thank you it really is a nice color it is a nice color thank you. i mean just little things like that it just, yeah you know we i think sometimes we were waiting for that big moment to say something and it may not come no and that little one means so much and for those who've done these little kindnesses I thank you and others thank you as well. Wonderful. So I'm very grateful for that. Great. All right. Um, so our topic um, at this point has to do with some of the mass shootings that we have had to endure as a nation over the past, I mean, of the first five months of the year, I think we've had more than 220 mass shootings um, within this country. Just recently, um, in the month of May, we had the Buffalo shooting, which killed um, 10 people. A great majority of them were elders, and that was pretty much a hate crime where the shooter um, intended to kill black folks. He drove four hours to do so. And then, um, not this Monday that passed, but the prior Monday to that, we had the Uvalde shooting where we had the 19 children that were murdered, two teachers dead, and 17 um, others wounded. And even since then, um, which I think for a lot of us, um, because it's especially heinous, to a lot of people when children, because it's like children do nothing to you. Mm -hmm. um, when you hear about children being murdered at school, it just hits hard as a nation. Um, but since then, um, we've had 20 um, shootings, um, probably more by the time you hear this. Um, one was today at a funeral where someone was killed by the cops and then five people were shot in Wisconsin today. 
Um, then we had the ones at the hospitals. There was one in Dayton, Ohio, and one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I believe another one um, as well yesterday. So even as time has progressed, we're still seeing that these mass murders are happening. And it's interesting that the one, or mass shootings, um, it's interesting that the one that was at Tulsa yesterday, the guy purchased his gun a few hours before he went on the rampage in the hospital and killed the doctors or whoever he felt was going to get in his way. And had there been a waiting period, he might have simmered down Yeah, before he actually got it. Yes. So we say all this to say, um, this is kind of the topic that we're just going to be discussing. I will be first and foremost to say these, you know, I'm going to give my suggestions or I'm going to give my take and opinions on things. Um, but it's just such a thing that I think no one, for me, as a mother and as a shopper and as a person that just goes out, I almost feel like you have to wash the exits. You have to do all of that. You have to make sure your kid is okay. But the truth of the matter is, is you're not going to outrun an AR-15. You just are not. No. And we're just at a point and a place where I don't know that this is going to change. And Gail and I spoke about this before. It was, it was a little bit more intense then. But I am of the faith that nothing's going to change in this country anytime soon. Um, and that's just kind of where we are. What are your thoughts, Gail? Well, I, just to give you a, a figure, the Gun Violence Archive I mean, is is a nonprofit that tracks shootings in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They have they say that there's 214 mass shootings so far in 2022. So there's plenty you don't hear about. Yeah, there's plenty you don't. And a mass shooting is when you shoot four or more people at one time. Yeah. So and you know maybe it's not enough people, so we don't need to hear about it. Well, I think even the one yesterday with Dayton, and it was just almost like it was three simultaneous shootings happening at the same time. And it's like, you know, I, I happened to catch the NRA um, on C-SPAN when it was on. And Trump was there who was speaking very incoherently, so I won't get... I won't talk about what he had to say because he's a blubbering idiot. Um, <clears throat> there was Ted Cruz who was there and he was speaking about fortifying schools and hardening schools and, you know, making a one, it's the doors and you have one way into the school, bulletproof glass, more police, arming veterans and basically turning to me schools into prisons and I think we for me we should be at a point where we're trying to figure out maybe the police isn't the best bet in protecting us because they're not obligated to protect us 
As we think they are. As we believe that they are. And there has been some rulings um, from the Supreme Court. And you guys can look it up. Don't believe me. Um, but in the cases of Deshaney versus Winnebago and the town of Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, the Supreme Court ruled that the police agencies are not obligated to provide protections of citizens. Um, regarding your children in schools, um, they also found that they're not obligated to protect your child at school because they're not in custody. So even if you have a school resource officer at your location, your child is not under custody. So they have no obligation to protect them, which I think that's a bit of the outrage that was going on where we saw at Uvalde the parents waiting outside and saying do something and not realizing that the cops don't have to do anything. See, this is what I find interesting about this is that um, people really kind of don't get involved with the Supreme Court as a whole, as a country, mm -hmm. because I think they think of the Supreme Court as making rulings on things that may not directly affect you right away. They just don't pay attention. And it's they. I've even heard people say, I don't even understand why they're getting so upset with which president appoints who on the Supreme Court. Well, it's an interesting, I've always called the Supreme Court as the king and queens of the United States. Uh because they're similar to the king and queens in foreign countries. They are not appointed, they're not appointed and then they, you know, for a serving a certain period, their appointment is lifetime. Yep. Unlike any other appointment in this place. Other judges, they're uh, and like state judges, they're appointed to serve a certain period. Well, federal judges are appointed for lifetime positions. Well, as well. I consider them part of the Supreme Government. Court group. Okay, but other like you know, judge that you see in court, you may not see that judge again. Yeah, and there are even some judges who have to run for office. Yep, and they can get booted. So I don't think people understand the significance of the Supreme Court, the appointees of the Supreme Court and the rulings that they make. Mm -hmm. They really, I mean, this was in 2013. This was not a Supreme Court ruling that happened back in the dark ages. This was in 2013 that they made this ruling. Mm -hmm. And okay, who paid attention? Who knew? And that's the thing too, you know, we, not I'm say, when I say we, I say the collective we as a nation, not necessarily including black folks, but for the most part, all I can recall when it comes to even rap music was, you know, policing and F the police and the cops are not your friend. And there was a lot of pushback about that because it's like, no, cops are your friends and they're there to protect and serve. And yet you hear normally from black folks saying the police are not here to protect us. 
They're not. And it, it just goes to show that when black folks talk, people don't listen. So we had the Black Lives Matter. We had the abolish the police not too long ago. Defund the police. Whatever that wording was, and everybody was giving pushback. Like, oh my God, who are you going to call when you get, you know, busted upside your head? Well, you already busted upside your head. Cops don't deter criminal acts. They don't even, if you were getting busted upside your head in front of a cop, they can pick and choose if they're going to intervene. Yeah. So they don't deter crime. And so here we are at this juncture, and now we're taking a real hard look at policing because part of it is that, like, I feel like we lack imagination as a country. I don't know if it has to do with the lives that we're living. I don't have, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that we're force fed information and we're really not, no offense, as a whole collectively, not a nation of thinkers. So I think, and especially critical thinking. So thinking I think is outside of the window. Critical thinking instead of saying, hey, let me go ahead and mull on that thought or let me go ahead and do research and not the research that confirms what you want to hear but the opposing research oh no well they don't even they used to well, i know when i went to college they they made it wasn't an option you had to take critical thinking classes there but, was not an option yeah i think college educated people do do that but but now in college they don't make them take those classes I it depends on thinking. what school you go to. I took critical thinking, but it was a it few depends. years ago. But I think that's the thing that is lacked here. And so we don't think of, because we're so force-fed about, about policing in America, that we don't even think back to the start of policing, which was really just to protect property. And they were slave catchers, which is also always a race-based thing when it came to policing. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know that we've deterred from that where it's more so about property versus people, but then also imagining the fact that maybe the resources that we're putting towards policing, we might want to put in other areas that might deter some of this stuff, especially with the young boys that we're finding out that this is happening with when they're 18 20 16 and they're shooting up their schools what can we do to prevent that what mental health resources can we do what trainings can we give our teachers and i don't mean a gun i don't think we should arm teachers because when they arm teachers in florida he shot in a gun safety, he shot it in the air by mistake and it like went off accidentally. So I don't even think that arming teachers who make $35,000 a year. They may not be the most <laughs> mental stable people to be owning a gun. <laughs> Student piss you off. You know what? <laughs> Papa Cap and Jimmy's ass. Yeah. So I just feel like we really need to take a hard look at other interventions, especially when it comes to the youth yes. and the radicalization that happens with them. 
almost in the way where we kind of have suicide prevention because most of the time, at least with the youth, I'm not talking about, um, well, actually with most of them, they end up having personal crises that are never resolved. So it's almost kind of like they leak information to people saying, I'm going to do that. And no one really knows what to do with that information. Or when the cops do visit said child for threatening the school because he hasn't committed a crime, they can't do anything. But then is there follow-up with long-term mental health care? And I think that's where we drop the ball as a country, at least for the youth. Well, <laughs> I think, and I just looked it up, in 1997 is when police were given permission to be able to purchase and have assault weapons, military assault weapons, as part of their uniform. Mm -hmm. And that was just too much. Did, what was the, what was the, why are we arming the police like they're the, you already have a military, so now we're going to arm, we were arming the police as military. And what was the purpose in that? And there was no real purpose in just in that the police said it was to protect ourselves. From whom? From us. It just made them more accessible to brutalize people. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really, I think things started really to just start to unravel because then, okay, now the police have an assault weapons. Well, they have tanks. The gangs and criminals, they're like, okay, well, we got to get our hands on some of them before they shoot us up because it was them against them. Then, then the little people, then, you know, people who are like, well, maybe I need to get one too, just that the police think we need to have one. And also around the same time that they started to arm the police like military, the police stopped neighborhood patrols. Mm. And I think that's when kind of things went really awry with your police. Because when police lived in your neighborhood, you knew them, their children went to school with your children, their wife shopped at the supermarket that you shopped at. So you really felt like they had a vested interest in you because this was their neighborhood too. Yeah. And when police started to move out of the neighborhood to other neighborhoods that they didn't police or work, they, I don't think they cared as much either. No. So it really started in a sense with law enforcement changing the game. But they'll never own that. I mean, at this point, they're not even cooperating, Uvalde. And it's funny, the police department, where you have, where we need to comply. But they don't. But they don't. And, and we're paying them. And literally, we're paying them. We're paying them. And so we're at a point now, unfortunately, as a nation, where... I already knew this, but I think there's a reckoning that's going to happen. I hope there's a reckoning that's going to happen where we are putting some of the funds, and this is about the younger ones, the younger mass shooters, that we're putting some funds to kind of 
put it in place where we have the resources to kind of combat it before it even happens, where the police are not relied on so heavily for things that really like homelessness, yes. for personal crises, and we're actually funding our communities, whether it's a rich community or a poor community or anything in between that we're funding them with the tools that they need so that they can thrive as a community and that we can catch especially the young ones as we can now that has to do with that but then it's also like our government lacks because i do know that clinton did have an assault weapon ban from 1994 to 2004 and then baby bush let it expire and so there was a decline in assault rifles mm -hmm. being purchased because there was a ban. So even this ban that people are like, oh my God, I can't believe they want to take my guns away. It already existed. We they, banned they weren't it. taking your guns. They're just taking your assault weapons away. Yeah, but they don't see it that way. No, they don't. So there's, it's happened before. If you are over the age of... 25 is happened in your lifetime when there has been an assault rifle ban. Well, it's become so crazy of late that I was on the internet and, and I, I had said to you, Berlin, about this was a watershed moment for me, mm -hmm. that these shooting because, and also on the news, Hody, as a newscaster and she said the same thing. This was like a watershed moment for her. And she went into more of it recently where she said, I, not that the others weren't as important or newsworthy or moments that should change your life. She just kept saying to herself, this will change things. This will change things. She said, when that shooting happened, Last Tuesday, she was like, it's not going to change unless we all do something. She said, so then that's when she said, I, it became my watershed moment mm -hmm. because I guess people were saying to her, similar to what you said to me, well, why was this one a watershed moment? And she, she spoke up and said, it's mine. Mm -hmm. It means I'm not letting it go. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever, I'm going to join whatever group, I'm going to do what I have to do. She said, I'm going to use my platform. She said, I'm not going to let it go. And I hope other people don't let it go. And how many of us are need to get on this train to move it? Yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to get there. And, you know, not to yuck anybody's yum where I am and I still am days later um, that I don't, I do believe in the change and I do want to change. I don't see it happening in this nation. Um, I think a lot of, um, hopefully it happens during the next election cycle when we are voting with our best interest in mind which a lot of people do not vote with their best interest in mind. No. Um, maybe that'll change it if we could flip the Senate so that it's not so close 
maybe that will change it. I just don't see it happening. I mean, I see other democratic countries like Canada, like halting. I see other democratic countries like Canada halting things and um, making it tough. And we're we're just not at it. We're still having conversations. Oh, Canada said the other day that they're going to start treating the U.S. like that, third world country. Uh, it's been a ghetto. It's been a ghetto. They were like, the, the only thing the United States has is money and lots of weapons. So I'm looking now. The Supreme Court has at least three rulings coming up about guns. And one of them is about stopping the state from prohibit for prohibiting people from buying guns without having certain background checks. Without having a background yeah, check, they're they're gonna they're gonna stop it. Like they don't need to have background checks. What are you doing? Because they're saying it's again against the Second Amendment, and, and these people are really interpreting the Second Amendment. But what ruling have we not heard a lot about since the shooting started? What the Roe versus yeah, Wade? Yeah, where'd that go? I mean, I think more people are. Concerned, and I, I don't think it's gone away. I haven't heard it gone away, at least in my circles, because people are like, "You making me have these babies that are just gonna get shot up?" So I, I don't think it's gone away, because I think actually they're tied. I do too, but I think that they are. The Supreme Court is trying to. They're really trying to do, dodge the bullet themselves. They're they're just like in the line of fire for everything. But here's the thing. The Supreme Court can rule any way they want to rule, and what will you do about it? See, that's the thing, too. And it's not going to happen because this country is, like, set in its ways in the way that it is. Is that it should be treated more like a parliamentary system. But we don't want to do it. We want to stay in a two-party mm -hmm. system. And that goes back to imagining things. Why do we here in year of 2022 right still going back to a document written not for a democracy but for a plutocracy oh i know why 1776 i know why, I know why. what you right there young lady what's the answer <laughs> because it was written by white people for white people rich yeah for them, for the land, for the landowners, and for those who owned slaves, it was written for them. So the rest of us were not included. Poor white people, no. Anybody of color, any foreigners, even the poor Native Americans that owned the land, none of us were included. So that's why we're reverting back. You've heard recently when Trump was in office, several people made comment like, we wish it was back in the days of slavery. No black people said that. There were white people. We wish we were back then to Confederate times. That is why there is a, and it's a small group. It's not as big a group as you think. It is a small group of people that are terrified. So if we revert back, they will own more. They will, they will regain the authority to be in charge and to be number one. And it's a small group. They're splintering within their group. The Republicans are splintering within the Republicans. 
because there are some decent and honest white people and all and republicans that that are like this is wrong stop it this is not what we're about this is not what the party is for now i don't know if they're going to get a real movement going but it's splintering and and it's being vocalized now people are standing up in front of a camera in front of someone to say something to them and there's a senator and i don't know his name in um texas that is really upset about the gun laws they must be changed and you know he was cruz said to him you will be out of office he said if i go out of office for that i'm good yeah and i think that's another thing though as voters it's not going to apply to every single state but there are you can see who the nra is donating to Mitt Romney, Ted Cruz, um, little Marco Rubio down here, because is that in your best interest? And I I just think, like I said, I'm never, I'm not one to say that this is a democracy, but I think we are really tethering towards fascism and we were close with it with Trump the first go round where he was basically the emperor of the United States. And I felt like I was like held captive in this place because you couldn't get away from some dumb shit every day. It was a constant state of like, you don't know what's about to happen. And I think that's kind of where we are. I mean, we're, we're already living in a period of uncertainty where we have a virus that you don't know whether or not it's going to kill you or not or affect you long term. There's a lot of economic turmoil. There's a lot of the great replacement theory where white folks think they're being replaced by us. And, you know, they're in fear of being treated how we are treated. And that just amazes me that they're being treated the way they treat us from time to time. And they're just appalled by that treatment. Yet, do you not know you treat us like that? Well, they're supposed to treat us like that in their heads, I think. It's just, I love it. I love it. It just, um, Bryson's okay. He has medication. He does that. But I just, it just does amaze me that they kind of feel that way and some of the same ones that will treat people of color or other minorities in a very poor way and speak to them about them terribly will band together and want us to ban on the same bandwagon with them to say things against gays well i think part of that too it's funny that you mentioned this because i was reading somebody who um, somebody's um, re- recollection of them growing up in an evangelical white church and that they were saying that, you know, they're almost taught it's okay if you die by gunfire because you're saved. And if you're a saved child, you will go to heaven. But if you gay, you're not. 
So that's kind of what it is, is that they're almost teaching their children. I'm not saying every evangelical church is doing this. This is this one person's recount of their trauma within the evangelical church is that the preaching is, it's okay if you die by gunfire, if your child gets shot in this school, because so long as they're baptized, that soul goes to heaven. Well, evangelical church, that's a whole thing. We should do a whole topic on that. That's People don't know the difference from an evangelical church and maybe a Baptist church and maybe a non-denominational church. That's a whole group. They're yes. their own group. But they are a group that shapes. They're fairly large and they, they are very involved. Like with Trump, they were on board for Trump. And... Where the, their separation of state and church did not exist in their churches any longer. No, they were just like bring it all in, but and they have not spoken out about gun violence. No, because I don't think it. This is my opinion. I don't think it matters because those children, unfortunately for them, evangelicals or those type, from what I gather from what the guy was saying. Those children are going to heaven. Oh, so it's okay to sacrifice your life for that. Yes. But see, now, if they were really doing Bible, if we were in a religious war and people were shooting you because you say, I stand for Jesus, and they want you not to, and you say, nope, I'm standing for Jesus, and they pop you, then you, hey, straight to heaven. Whoop! Because you are fighting for the Lord. Mm -hmm. But when you're just sitting in a classroom minding your business, I mean, I'm not saying, oh Lord, I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm sure you <laughs> I haven't said did. that. But that's, that, they can't equate the two. But I think just rationality. Just because you get shot doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You have, have you accepted Christ as your personal savior. Now, when you're young, of course, you're going to go to heaven no matter what happens. But, you know, you have to, but they leave that little bit out because they pick and choose what you want, what they want you to know about the Bible. Which goes back to the critical thinking portion of it all, where I just feel like there's a lack of that in this country. And we don't encourage it either. Oh, no, we can't. Because if you no. did encourage it, most people would be like, wait that don't make any sense what we're doing right now why are we not having why are we not demanding wait periods for someone to purchase a gun canada you gotta wait almost a damn month you gotta go you gotta get two personal references you have to list every single partner that you've had make sure they still live yes <laughs> And they don't quote you as having nasty and violent tendencies. Yes. And then you also have to have a background screening done. And I don't think that that is so far-fetched of a thing to ask a reasonable person to do. Like, I don't mind saying, here are my exes. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind saying, oh, go ahead and do a background check. I don't mind waiting a month. But you know what I also don't mind? I don't even fucking want a damn AR-15 because it's a weapon of war. It you can't you can't hunt with it. 
if you kill if you kill your pig or a deer, you're not eating that deer after you've See, mutilated the, the it. The only reason I could even fathom somebody might want that in their home is that they're they're not practicing shooting, and they want a gun that no matter how they point it, and they're going to hit something, and it'll be gone. It. And no. well, I, I'm not saying that's a rational thought because I feel like if you're going to have a gun, you should know how to take it apart, load it, clean it. You should be firing it on a regular basis. You should know all the safety things about it. And you should have a gun that you can handle. I mean, one of those big guns, unless you really, was the other thing about the assault rifle, the kickback is not nearly as strong mm -hmm. as a regular rifle. Mm-hmm. Because all the power's in the front and it doesn't push, push back on you so that, you know, it's almost easier to handle in some respects, but there is no, there is no real reason if you're going to be, and they should enforce that too. If you're going to buy a gun or be a person who's th even thinking about buying a gun, there should be, here's a little list of things you need to go. You need to know, you need to review this and you need to go to a firing range and come back and let us know your score or that you've been. Cause at the f most gun schools or gun ranges, they do have courses or a little short class you can take to show you how to handle the gun, mm -hmm. how to load the gun. Because you could, how many kids have gotten, I mean, at one time the big thing was kids being killed at home with the guns yep. their parents own. You don't even hear about that anymore. I'm sure it still happens. It still happens. But it, it's not, it doesn't hit the six o'clock news. Yeah. But I think that should be included almost just as much as the wait period. During that wait period, go learn some stuff about a gun and go practice. Yeah, get you some gun safety. And I think none of this is, I was going to curse. None of this is rocket science. Mm -mm. Not, some of this has been tried and tested in other quote-unquote, first world countries. New Zealand had that shooting. They pulled their guns. Japan, too. Japan yeah. was one of them. Yes. Most sensible countries pull those guns because they don't want their, their people slaughtered. Columbine happened when I was in the seventh grade. I was 12. I'm about to be 37. Um, please send birthday gifts. I'm about to be 37 soon. And we are still at a point where this is a thing. This You have a generation of children traumatized doing active shooter drills. Yeah, why do we even have to do that for our kids and teach them at the age of four when they start school? Hey, guess what? Use this scissor to try to, you know, if somebody's going to kill you, use this and, you know, huddle in the Band bathroom. Band together and push against the door. Let's... A group of four-year-olds? And this is where we are at a nation where we're still talking about hardening schools instead of saying, let's soften the schools. Let's create an environment where people are safe. Where they don't have to be on, when they can go to a movie and go watch Dark Knight without being massacred. When they can go to the only grocery store in a food desert. Well, 
you don't know this because you're not old enough. But when I was growing up and I was in grade school, we had to practice, you know, being bomb, the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Now, it was like I was, after two years of practicing this, then I realized if a nuclear bomb hits us, we just kiss our ass goodbye. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> underneath the desk and waiting for them to call all clear. No one was going to call the all clear. There and, was nothing and, too clear. Right. So, but I, I mean, but it still was, it was traumatic as kids. We were like, is this, are we, what, when is this going to happen every day? When it's, and it's like, you grew up hating, like Russia is mean, or maybe it's the Japanese, you know, they wanted you to almost hate those people, mm-hmm. which was just so, as a, as a child, I just remember walking home with my friends and the days that we practiced it, we were all quiet when we walked home. Because you almost found out you're going to die. Is this the last time we get to walk home together? And I, and then it was a big question, which may, it may sound silly, but some of the kids in my neighborhood, you know, I don't know that I had a desk either. We did our homework at the kitchen table. Where was the desk at home we were supposed to hide under? If we didn't have a desk at home, then what do we do? And we weren't practicing it at home, but there were people who had money were building shelters in uh, the bunkers. Ground. And and it was just like no one in my neighborhood had the money to do that. <laughs> so it was just here we are. That was back in I went to school and I mean I graduated. So about nineteen yeah, somewhere in the late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. Maybe earlier 50s, some 51. So, yeah. And we're practicing this. And here we are, 2022, still practicing something that's going to kill our kids, still getting them to rehearse death. Ain't that something? Basically, that's what we're asking them to do mm-hmm. rehearse death mm-hmm. with no real concrete explanation as to why it's going or, on. Or, better yet, <laughs> what we are doing as the adults to curb this and that's nothing well see that's why we can't explain it to our kids because if we could give them a sound explanation as to why this is happening we would be able to stop it we can't give them a good explanation because we know there's a good way to stop it but it's, it's not being not done. happening. So how do you even, you can't even explain that to your children. You look like an idiot because kids are much smarter now. Back then, if my mother said, blah, blah, blah. Okay, ma, I didn't question it. That was my mom. Nowadays, kids have internet and whatnot. Oh, we're practicing this because they shot up that school. Well, why don't they just take guns away? I mean, kids are smart. That's what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. And it just sucks because we're not, practical and this feeds into capitalism because somebody's making money off of those ar-15 oh yeah there are more guns than there are people in this country right now i'm not saying that they are all automatic or they're uh, military grade but there are more guns than that we have people and i just feel like back to radical imagination we have to reimagine the world we want to live in because what we're given right now 
ain't working. And it's not just working, not working on a gun place. It's not working economically. Mm-mm. It's not working, you know, for people's individuals' mental health. It's, it, it hurts every single day if you were to think about how much hurdles you have, the everyday person has to go through in this country to survive and what you carry with you when you drop your kid off to school or you go to the grocery store or you go to the nail salon or you do yoga or you do anything because you Drive are your not car down the street. driving your car down the street because it's almost I look like, to see if people have rifles pointing out their car. I really do. Like I think, of, oh my Lord, did I cut them off? And I'll be looking. So, I mean, we're almost held hostage in this country. That we are. But you see, Berlene, I think the thing that we're missing, this is a pattern. This has been a pattern since the beginning of the United States. When the pilgrims came over, this has been their pattern all along. We want this, we're going to take it by any means necessary. And then we're going to tell you how to live. They did it to the Native Americans. We're going to take your land, leave you a little scrap of it, and tell you how you're going to live in it. And you're going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing with slavery. They bring over all the slaves to work their grounds. And then even to the point that these are human beings that we're owning, we tell the other human beings in the United States, yeah, you can rent my slaves. They were renting them. But if you mistreat them, we'll take care of you and not in a good way. It's, it's, a, it's an inevitable pattern. And they know they start out, they, when they started out with the Indians, the intent was not to maybe in the back of somebody's mind, I'm gonna get their land. But the intent was like, well, we're just going to, oh, you know, we're just gonna take this little piece of land over here for ourselves. And then they took a little more, then they took a little more. And the same thing with slavery. Slavery was like, well, they're just going to help us get our land cleared and maybe we'll give them some freedoms. Oh, it didn't work like that. We decided we needed them longer. Mm -hmm. Same thing when we get to the 60s. Well, maybe we'll give you a little rights to have this. Okay, you can vote, but you can't vote. Because it's about controlling people. And here we are about a gun thing. It's not about the guns it's about somebody's telling the nra what they will and will not do and they're not gonna have it mm-hmm. they're top dog and they're not going to lose the top dog position and they'll kill for it and they'll let they your kids biden they and the little kids are just casualties of war for them mm-hmm. the same thing when they were bumping off whole tribes of indians casualties of war when they were hanging in the 60s still hanging black people casualties of war and that's where we are it's a pattern it it hasn't changed it's the same pattern the only thing that is consistent there's always going to be a path along this pattern that is contrary to them Mm -hmm. and they persist They don't stop. They keep going. And that's why I believe it may not change in my lifetime, but it will. 
because there was a time when we didn't have the right to vote, we do. There are other rights that we didn't have, we do. There was a time that other things happened that, that have changed. Women have the right to speak out and do things that they didn't have that before. People can walk around and look as crazy as they want to look as gays. And guess what? Yes, they, they're in some towns still get beat up, but there's in other towns they just go, you know, look at him today. He's got a new outfit. You know, it's not as, it doesn't spark the same violence as it did 15, 20 years ago, only in certain areas. There is this path of people that walk beside them, but not close enough to really be changed by them, but they're going to change them. They don't give up. Okay. And that I truly do believe in. They just don't give up. If they gave up, you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking because we'd be in the back somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, you might be out in the field because I'm so fair. I'll be in the house taking care of them babies, nestling them babies to my bosom. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, a milkmaid works now with the infamous, the, the, hey. inf the infant shortage. So I'm pretty sure my, my ass would be. But I mean, so things have changed. It's just taken far longer than it should. Yeah. Because every one step, there's four or five we take back. For all the rights we've learned, that we've earned and gained in voting, we're starting to, some of them are slipping through our hands. Yeah. So it's just, I do believe there are watershed moments. They're individual at this point. Yeah. And as if this is your watershed moment, then find something, do it and stay with it. Come on over and get in this lane with the rest of us that are marching along quietly, slowly, but we're going to get there. We ain't going to give up. And I think part of it too is voting progressively. Um, because the evangelicals are voting. Oh yeah. Dead or alive. Oh yeah. They're taking me ma out. They're taking everyone out to vote and and giving them water while they're in line. And giving them water. I wouldn't be and I'm concerned too with some of the voting where we're going to be at when it comes to voting and how that's going to be policed in certain states where you have a red governor who is fashioning himself, his or her, no, it's mainly him, fashioning themselves as a Trump, where we have voter suppression going on and gerrymandering. What are, where are we going? And I think part of that is that I know, you know, people are tired of campaign promises not being done on a presidential level, on an executive level, but then you have to think about this we don't have our majority in the senate really doesn't exist you need people to come over from one side to the other and i think yes the republicans it doesn't look like they will and we got about two mansion and what's that lady cinema y'all need to wherever you are i think it's nevada and west virginia vote them out they are not democrats they're not well, of course, there's going to there. That's the way the party is. Both of them, both of them are just scandalous when they want to be, and they do what they want to be to maintain what they have, because they're still they don't do they really do our senators and congressmen 
if they were coming into office and serving, representing the people in their areas, how is it that they have not voted down assault weapons? Because if you look on the map of where these shootings have taken place, there's only like two or three states that only have one or two, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. So you're going to tell me that your citizens are saying, no, we want to keep assault weapons and let our children die. I don't believe that. And so they're there for themselves. And that's why I'm saying vote progressively, not moderately. And we need to get terms. As a senator, you serve three years, not four like the president, because that's the president. He gets four, you get three, and you out. You don't even get to come back. You got enough people in the United States. We don't need you to live there. We don't know. need another Mitch McConnell look like he's going to die there at the table. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need another one of them. Served up. We need, you get three years, president gets four. So there might be, even if there was a majority in there when the president was there against him, he might get that one last year to ink something out. Mm-hmm. But you get three, he get four, pack your bags and go home and give somebody else a shot. Yeah, I just, I'm I'm still a little bit of a pessimist of Patty on this, but I do agree with you in regards to still being the change that you want to see. So even if you are discouraged, if there is something that you want changed, do it in whatever way that you can do it. Non-violent, um, non-violent. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't condone <laughs> violence. I don't condone violence. violence. please. Um, but, yes. You done? I'm sorry. That's a slip Okay. <laughs> um, so, yes, if we could um, still kind of keep the hope alive. Y'all can keep a little bit more for me because I am still a bit of a pessimistic patty when it comes to this. Um, but I just think with all of this, I was much angrier last week, which probably is a good thing that that podcast kind of got lost. Um, (laughs) But at this point in time, the anger is still there. It's just, it would be lovely, not just for me, but for you and for everyone that you love, that you feel safe and that we're not at a point where this level, whether it's hate, hurt, pain, is being expressed on you in somebody else's fit of rage. And one of the saddest things about the Uvalde that kills me, or I don't want to say kills me, but it hurts me a lot or it pains me, and I'm pretty sure this happened with um, the Topps grocery store as well, is that a lot of where the killer shot the kids, parents weren't able to recognize their children. So they Mm -hmm. had to do DNA swabs to pair the children up with their parents. And I can't imagine being a loved one and knowing that your child or a person that you loved was mutilated in that way and we're still here saying how an AR-15 is a second amendment right. I I don't know that those parents 
feel that way. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. Not anymore. And even it's not they even did before. Yeah, and it's not even an I can't imagine. I can imagine that pain that those people feel. And if I can imagine it, I feel like other people can as well. And this has to change because no one else should have to go through this. You want to be able to tell your children when they go to school, you're going to be okay. You're going to be safe at school. Things will change. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much the expression that I kind of wanted to get out. It's just that, you know, and it's not even a thought or prayer, but, oh, my, my, my heart aches with the individuals who have suffered and unfortunately will continue to suffer until we make the change as a nation. And hopefully it comes sooner than later because we desperately need it. Is there anything else you need to add? And I'd just like to say for the, when we say our hearts and prayers go out to you, I will ask those who truly do believe in the word of prayer, let's make a daily prayer that we pray that this doesn't happen to our children across the country. Not just, just don't pray over the heads of your children. I mean, pray over the heads of your children that you send off to school, but pray for all children. We tend to all rally afterwards and our hearts and prayers are with you. Let's put our hearts and prayers beforehand. And maybe with enough people praying who believe in the word of prayer, we can stop some of this violence. Because I do believe prayer works. Mm -hmm. And so let's pray beforehand. Let's make it a daily thing that we pray about every day. And if you pray about it every day, you'll put it in your head. And maybe you'll also have some opportunities to do something about it. To be able to, to, to put your hat in the ring. To, to put it into it in some small way. Because you don't need... You don't need... A billion people to do something. You just need a group of consistent people to do it. Mm -hmm. And th that's how things get done. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my take. Alrighty. And as we normally tend to end, I'm trying to, it's been so long. It's been so long. Um, Gail, do you have any self-care self tip for our Well, I, I have, I'll just reuse one. <laughs> Um, well, actually, it's not a reuse. It's a new one. It's with COVID. People, it's not gone. Nope. So my, my, you know, stay with your vitamin regimen. If you have one, if you don't have one, get one. Wear your mask in large groups of people or even small groups if you don't know everyone. And if you don't feel well, stay home away from other people. Maybe it's just your allergies. Maybe it's just a head cold. Maybe it's just the flu, which you can also share with other people. And maybe it's nothing. But let's just try to keep each other healthy. Let's just make a point. You, you don't know what other, someone else's health is, how it's compromised. And I, I have to say, I've been kind of slack because I've been vaccinated and I had it. And I had... Um, my booster and I'm like, I don't need to wear my mask. And then I got sick, but it turned out to just be my allergies. But I was like freaked like, ah, 
So, and, you know, give some thought to what you're doing for your health. If you don't care about the person next door, okay. But what you protect yourself. And if you protect yourself, you will be protecting others. Yep. Without even thinking about it. Look at that. Being nice to others and you didn't know you were. Seeing kindness because kindness. There it is. Um, so that's a good one. I mean, I stay mask up. Also, while we're talking about masks, there is a company where I get my N95 mask. Unless they're paying you to do this ad, no. No, but it's still good to know. No, no. Call them up. Ask them. I will promote it on my podcast. I'll put the link in the show note. All righty. So as always, trying to make money here. She is just giving away stuff. As always, continue to be safe. Be well. And be easy. And be blessed. Bye. Bye. Giving away free stuff. Right. Nuh-uh. Call them up and tell them.